To our dear Wellness Couch listeners, we are sending you all our love during these unprecedented times. Now is the time to appreciate what community really is all about. And on the back of our wellness base camps in Geelong and Camden being postponed, we've decided to run a virtual experience that anyone can attend. It's called Crisis to Confidence. Right now, the world faces five major challenges. The first one, fear and anxiety. So Kim Morrison will present Uncertainty and Love. The second one is social isolation. So Marcus Pierce is going to talk about how to build community during these difficult times. The third is mental and emotional despair. So Brett Hill will talk about how to develop resilience. The fourth is financial uncertainty. So Jason Witten will talk about creating financial security. And the fifth is a challenged immunity. So Cindy O'Meara will share how to boost our immunity during these times. Crisis to Confidence will be broadcast live on Saturday, April 4. And if you can't make it, you'll receive lifetime access. To register and for all the details, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thank you, Wellness Cow Tribe. We love you and send our virtual hugs and kisses. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to the very special coronavirus update of 100 Not Out, episode 363. This is the weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce a very healthy man, a man that is flu-free, virus-free, COVID-19-free. He is the premier wellness expert in Australia, the naturopath, the naturopath's love, and the chiropractic legend himself, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, great man. Oh, g'day, great man. Thanks for that. That's hilarious. I did have a sniffle yesterday and I did actually sneeze in my practice and people were going, <laughs> what's going on? Are you having a sneeze? Um, and I went to play golf today and there's a great guy who I went to shake hands with and he went, oh, don't shake my hand, can't shake hands, got a fist pump only. And so I was like, oh my gosh, the world has gone mad. So it's great to be here with you, great man, to be able to talk about this situation. How was your week? It's been a great week, and I just want to date this because this is coming out on uh, Monday, the 16th of March. We're recording this on Wednesday, the 11th of March, so we're going to share some numbers and our views and the rest. But it, I have not, I have not found, I have not known how much my buttons can be pushed. I'm sure you would say that I'm a somewhat um, unflappable kind of guy. I can, uh, I can tolerate a lot without being emotionally triggered. Let's say. I swear to God, this coronavirus story and the absurdity of so many responses and the and the complete um, absorption of the news is—it's really—it's—it's it's triggering me no end. It is pushing my buttons. Um, <laughs> you are unflappable. Yeah, but when you get flapped, you flap. Jeez, you oh. flap hard. You just flap. Flappity flap flap, like here you go. So I know that this has got you, and I and I'm so fascinated because generally you get me talking about me, and it's great because this time around we get to talk about you and understand what you what's pushing your buttons about this coronavirus thing. What's got you the most? What's got your oh, goat, Pissy? Oh, again, it comes from the the large part of it. 
for me comes from the media perspective. I think I'm I'm quite happy for I don't want conservatives to all of a sudden become reckless and different. I don't want people to change their nature. The first element of my anger is how much and it's almost like I'm, I'm turning on my own here, but as a journalist, how much newsrooms are lapping up the global nature of the disease. There are like a hundred and seven countries I think and it might be more it was 107 last night and I think 50 of those countries have got one or two cases of the coronavirus and you see these Twitter updates with all of the flags of the respective countries and people making fun of how many hours did it take you to find the flags of all of these countries it has one or two cases of the coronavirus and it's it's the fact that it it may it feels so big when we can say that over a hundred countries now have confirmed cases of the coronavirus because you see, and this is why I love your insights on the physiological, how we're wired side of this. You see people flapping. I know Mel Phillips, who's a great supporter of 100 Not Out in the Wellness Catch. She can't get toilet paper in Geelong. And I feel like it's because people have read on the news that, you know, in 50 countries that you've never heard of, one or two people have got the coronavirus. People, I mean, a hundred people in Australia, one in eight million Australians have died. One hundred, oh, a bit over a hundred have got coronavirus. Fifty of them have fully recovered. Yeah. And I feel for the 23.99995 million people <laughs> whose lives are impacted, but they're actually going yeah. at a hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah, uh, I know. And the well, media was- are causing a spin. <laughs> I know. They are. They are causing a spin. Um, but it's not helped by, you know, the leaders of the land uh, because they don't want to be seen to be doing anything wrong. You know, so... I don't they, want to say this is an over overblown. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they don't want to say it's overblown because what if it's not? We don't really know the true extent of it. So I'm, I think it's freaking ridiculous, to be honest with you. This is what I think. But... I also understand that people have got to tread cautiously because what they're trying to – here's the thing about virus. There's no medicine on the planet that can help you with this virus. That's the thing that they're worried about. Now, the reason they're worried about this is because they've forgotten that the human body is a self-healing, self-regulating system. They've forgotten that the body can heal itself. They've forgotten that most of the time if we get a virus, we can get on top of it, most of the time. So let's – you know, put this into perspective, young people will get this virus and they might get a itchy throat or a cough or a slight temperature. They might get something much the same as the common cold uh, or much the same as maybe a flu. Uh, and now older people will get this and 85% of them will get a little flu, like symptoms, a bit of a temperature, maybe a sore throat, maybe a bit of a cough. 85% of them will be cured. Like they will fix themselves. No medicine will have helped them, but they will have healed themselves. 14 to 15% of them will unfortunately potentially pass away based on the statistics. Now, that's I don't know what the statistics are for the flu, but I do know that generally the flu knocks out people who are immune compromised and who are aged, who are old. Can I give and, you some of the flu stats? Well, yeah, if you can, that'd be sure. great. All I want to say here is that we are blowing this out of proportion 
because we've lost respect for the human body. We've lost respect for the fact that the body can heal itself, that it has an immune system for a reason. And it's not a vaccine that gives us an immune system. Our immune system is given to us by our bacteria and by the white blood cells that are in our body that were given to us the moment our parents got together. So we need to understand that our body can self-heal itself, trust that you can heal. Oh, I'm so glad that some common sense has come to the conversation. It is so refreshing and I would encourage everyone to just to hit rewind a couple of times to hear uh, what you just said, Damo, because it's just an opportunity to take a breath. I feel like a lot of people are so in that fear state and I think maybe we can talk, bring a bit of um, uh, bring a bit of uh, crack your stress code into this as well because I feel like that's just compromising people's immune systems more than anything. But 61,000 <laughs> Americans died of the flu in 2017, 2018, 61,000. I think in Australia, I think it was 300 last year. But it was uh, that 61,000 was 0.14% of 44.8 million cases of influenza. And obviously that is somewhat, yeah. uh, not skewed is not the right word, but... I think some of the confusion that the medical profession is trying to is scratching their heads on is this is like the flu very much uh, leaning towards the elderly. I think the average age of the Italians that have died is 81. I think in Australia, yeah, they've right. all been in their 70s and 80s. Yeah. But the kids are not immune to coronavirus, but the kids aren't dying of coronavirus, which yeah. I think they're a bit confused by because when it's the flu, they're talking about this U-shaped curve of the young and the old, but with coronavirus, the U on the young side or that, that side of the U is, is, is not there. But yeah. it's, it's the fact that the perfectly healthy, particularly in the age brackets and the way of life and all of the rest of it, that's what I'm scratching my head as. The people that are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, the people that aren't shaking hands on the golf course, the people that are... Honestly, in the nicest possible way, have no reason to be concerned. Only they're concerned because of what they've been fed by the media and they've eaten it and swallowed it whole. <laughs> That's where my mum and I were banging on about this all the way home. It just it doesn't do much for your own faith in the intelligence of humanity. We're meant to be so evolved. But yeah. this is, in many ways, this is herd mentality to a T, isn't it? This is showing... Yeah. Everything that we talk about, how hard it is to leave the tribe and to be yourself and to go against what everyone else is doing, yeah. like that is coming out in spades right now, isn't it? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things. Like the whole idea of con the concept of containment um, has made people feel that um, it's a very, very dangerous virus. Like it's it's a very it's a very aggressive you're going to turn to liquid uh, when it gets into <laughs> you. Um, you know, it's people have visualizing this horrendous way to die uh, based on the movies that come out of Hollywood. So they, they really think it's bad, like Contagion or any of those other types of movies where people really have a painful death. And let's not, <laughs> let's not say that it won't be painful if you do die from this because if you get a virus and you get pneumonia and whether it be the flu, whether it be COVID-19 or whatever the virus you might get that's going to take you out, if you get that, it's a painful way to die. But the way in which this is being painted is that we're all going to get it if we don't contain it. And if we don't contain it, then you're all absolutely fruited. And, and as a result of that, we've got to work really hard to contain it. And so we're going to shut the world down just in case containment works. 
Now, there's no proof that containment actually works. It seems to be working pretty well in Australia, I must say. Um, there's been very few cases of transmission. There doesn't appear to be many people getting it, which is really good. We basically needed a couple of weeks where there's no new cases, and then we've we've beaten it, which is really good. Um, so if we can get that, then that'd be great. Then we don't miss out on any footy games, which would be excellent. Uh, and then we won't miss out on any soccer games, which would be excellent. Um, and we'll um, the Olympics will probably still go ahead, which will be excellent. Um, and so all of these great things that we should be able to have, we'll still be able to have because we won't have had any new infections, which would be great. But the concept of containment has freaked people out. And so they're behaving as if it's the end of days. They're bunkering down um, and they're buying too much. I was driving back from Geelong the other day. Um, so you can tell you, mate, I was, buying, I was driving back from Geelong and there was a, um, a Ford Ranger uh, and – no, a Ford Explorer and it was black and there was so much traffic and we weren't going very fast because there was so much traffic. And the back of the Ford – car was filled with toilet paper like <laughs> coming back from Geelong to Melbourne and then as I drove past I was like what the F is going on here I look in the back seat there's two children in there covered in like toilet paper rolls like covered like, I, I'm kidding you not between the driver and the passenger the passenger had two rolls of toilet paper like two big things of toilet paper on her lap and then the driver had one thing of toilet paper on his lap and then there was a roll of thing of toilet paper in between in the console you're not joking eh? i'm not joking so i just slowed my car right down and i just stared at them Sticky bit. i just stared at them i couldn't i was driving my car it was on auto steer thank goodness i was on auto steer and i just looked at these people and i looked and and they, they saw me looking and I continued to look, and they were, they were like looking at me going, what are you looking at, kind of thing. I go, I can't believe you just driven to Geelong to steal all of Geelong's toilet paper to bring it back to Melbourne. It was amazing. But that's the stupidity, the idiocy um, of people at the moment. Um, and yeah, I saw this funny meme the other day that um, idiocy is spreading at 10,000 times the rate of the coronavirus, which uh, I'd have to agree with. Oh, I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's – um. I think uh, I've written down here as you're talking. Just it's it's healthy and often wealthy and educated people that seem to be behaving with the most idiotic tendencies, which is concerning. It's not people that are completely uneducated, coming from, for want of a better term, poor socioeconomic backgrounds. It's actually the people that I would have thought are the more educated with the means that are going and behaving as if the world is about to end. And it comes down to me this this uh, need this need to, of, of for certainty or safety or um, uh, some some form of uh, shelter. I'm not sure exactly what, what the word is. But you, you said it earlier about Hollywood and too many movies. It's almost as if people have, uh, feel like maybe they've been warned about this through the movies that they've watched and the documentaries that have scared the living daylights out of them. And maybe uh, there's been a, a, an unconscious thought that at some point it's all going to end and this could be the end of it. And then I saw Bill Gates come out and said something preposterous about it. It could be the, the, the worst one in a century. I mean, it, it, it seems like it's, it's not, um, what's the word? It's not, um, I starts with D, discriminating against you know, the the rich and the poor, it's anyone from any background who gets scared enough by watching enough of this is responding in um, abnormal ways. 
they are. It's easy to say anything about this because there's so much that's unknown. Never before we tried to contain a virus, and never before we had social media to the extent that we've, you know, been able to broadcast information and receive news at the speed of what we are at the moment. So. Uh, when we go back to SARS or MERS or what is it, swine flu or uh, bird flu or any of those other infections, viruses that we've had, where, where there was no ability to, you know, no one thought about containing it or trying to contain it. There was no ease of spread of information. Um, a lot of people got those infections. Uh, so, and, and then, of course, a lot of people um, also passed away. But What's interesting about it is that because the spread of information is so rapid at the moment, a comment can then be mm. misconstrued. In Australia, let's think about what's been going on. We've had kind of weird, extreme weather events. We've had bushfires where people said that the whole of the country was on fire. Um, we've had, um, you know, oh, now we've got this, this virus. Yes, keep going. And, this is good. and so we've got all of this stuff that's kind of heightened people's fear around it there's been a, a, a significantly strong movement away from religion over the last 20 to 30 years um, so much so that people might think oh my gosh this could be end of days should i have prayed more uh, and so they might be thinking about those sorts of things um, and because they've been disconnected from their body for such a long time because they've trusted that medicine has all of the answers and in this case it actually doesn't have all of the answers um because they've trusted that medicine has all of the answers and they've forgotten that their body can actually heal themselves and they've lost their faith uh, in the fact that there's something that's bigger and grander, more grand than what we actually are, they're lost. Like People are lost and they're believing the media uh, because science has become the new religion. So it's 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 been a really um, eye-opening thing to kind of just reflect on people's behaviors because of, of what, where they've left off. That is that is profound what you've said. I think I think this is um, this goes to the very core of of I'm not going to say perpetrators and victims, but it's also going to come down to the core of independent thought and and who do we choose to believe? Um, some people talk about you know uh, some people that love their history, and it's come up a couple of times is the Spanish flu, the the, the, the not not the naysayers, the people that love to go well. A hundred years ago, we had the Spanish flu, and a year before, and a hundred years ago, before that, we had something else, which we did. But here's just a fact that not a lot of people talk about with the Spanish flu, which is, and just hear me out here because I think it's got everything to do with what we're seeing at the moment. When the Spanish flu occurred, and this killed, you know, well, Wikipedia says it killed uh, up 50 possibly million. fifty million, possibly up to a hundred million, infected five hundred million. But here's the key thing for me. Yep. The Spanish flu is called the Spanish flu because at this time when wars were going on, Spain was neutral and in order to maintain morale, they didn't want to report on any flu uh, statistics from Germany, the UK, France and the US because they essentially controlled the media story in order to elicit a certain response. And so it was called the Spanish flu because all of the media coverage was about the flu in Spain. It wasn't about the flu in the other parts of the world. These days, we have all of these news outlets. We have global travel. We have any, like you said, the rate of absorbing the news is massive. And so now the media story is it is a worldwide pandemic on the approach Every country is getting it, even though in some countries only one person has it. Like, just think of it. one You can count them on your finger, on your hand. One person, two people. 
nowhere near the numbers that we're talking about here. But the media narrative, given that everyone's refreshing their feeds, is we have to update this story all the time. We can't. There's no way we can contain it to Wuhan. I mean, if we didn't have the media that we would that we had today. We would be hearing about this and probably calling it the Chinese flu because we only would have heard about it in China. Well, think about <laughs> true. it. Like, yes, true. In terms of percentages, yeah. it would would not have been newsworthy enough to go oh, and 0.0000001% of the Australian population mm. uh, had symptoms. Like it's just not newsworthy enough. But now because we are this global village and we can refresh our feeds all the time, it's so much more newsworthy to make it a global pandemic rather than being centred in one country. Like, honestly, it's not newsworthy if it's massive in China. The Chinese flu is not a headline grabber. No. COVID-19, coronavirus, 107 countries and counting um, is so much more newsworthy. And and it will not not stop being newsworthy um, until numbers go down Mm. um, because as as, as soon as – for as long as there are new cases and new countries – uh, then all of these conservative policies are going to be enacted because it, the perception of growth is is going to be there. Yeah. Well, that's true. That's true. Um, yeah, you make you know very very good points there, particularly around um, the the idea that there's a growing number of cases in a growing number of countries, and one of the you know one of the major news organizations in Australia has set up a countdown. Like, so there's a countdown clock that you can actually watch how many days uh, since the first virus was detected or th- maybe since the first person died, how many cases there's been, um, how many people have um, recovered from it, how many people have died from it, um, what are the statistics around the aged or what are the statistics around you know, middle age and children. So people have got access to all of the data now um, just at the click of a button. So it just continues to fuel it and to perpetuate it. People are checking it on an hourly basis to see mm. if there's been new cases. Yes. So um, that continues to sell papers and that continues to you know be clickbait. So um, uh, you, you're really right. There's For as much as this will shut the world down from an economics perspective and there'll be a flow-on effect from it, the world will recover and the world will rebound. Um, There'll be a lot of people that do really, really well out of this. There'll be a lot of people that do really, really poorly out of this. Um, And unfortunately, some people will die and that's really, really sad. Uh, But the reality is, as you and I know, Marcus, that not everyone makes it to 100 not out and people are going to die anyway. Now, if it's a heart attack that takes you, that's very sad. If it's cancer that takes you, it's devastating. If it's a flu that takes you, that is also devastating. Regardless of the way that you die, it's really, really bad. But let's be frank. like We have to be mindful that it's we're all going to die at some point. It's whether or not we need to create the hysteria and the stress and the anxiety right now around this particular thing. Why don't we focus on doing everything we possibly can to make our body as healthy as what we possibly can? Now, I will be devastated. I will have my heart broken if my mum was to get this and die. It would be a disaster, a disaster. It'd be the worst thing ever. I can't even imagine it. And touch wood, that doesn't happen. What my point is, is that we have to do whatever we possibly can to make ourselves as healthy as we possibly can to resist all infection, to resist all viruses so that our body does the job, not try and contain it so that we can eliminate it because that's not going to happen. Yeah, oh, so, such wise words. I want to finish off uh, on my side just with one note which my mother darling sent me, which came from her 
friend Maria Valmorbida, which I think came from her daughter, Nikki. But here it is. One of the worst days so far for coronavirus was the 10th of February. On that day, 108 persons in China died of coronavirus. But on the same day, uh, over 26,000 people died of cancer, 24,000-plus people died of heart disease, 4,300 people died of diabetes. And on that day, suicide unfortunately took more lives than the virus did by 28 times. Moreover, mosquitoes killed 2,500 people. Humans kill 1,300 fellow humans every day, and snakes kill 137 people every day. Take a deep breath and wash your hands. Very nice. Well said. It's just a time for perspective, is it not? And I think what you said, Damo, look after yourself and build yep. up your health. And, yep. and remember that the fear state, which is no doubt a part of the stress state, does nothing for your immune system. <laughs> well, it doesn't. It, it, just, it doesn't. It, it does nothing. And that's- it doesn't. Well, it does. It just it doesn't do wonders for your immune system, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> it does do something to your immune system. It's just not good. Yeah, it suppresses. Yeah. Um, yeah. Thanks for your wisdom and thank you for your calm level-headedness. I think you'd be a great prime minister. You just, <laughs> just nice and calm. Don't that on me. Um, well, I know, you know how what political like. you're getting as you as you enter these next phases of your life. You're, yeah, good, but imagine you know. me like the golden retriever being a politician. I'd hate it. If oh, half, mate, half, you'd be the next Bob Hawke, an actual sociable politician that's what we want we want someone that can engage with humanity on a humane level <laughs> anyway <laughs> we need that's a retriever yeah maybe we do maybe we do let's see what happens in the next 10 years piercy there we go fun and games damo thanks again as always for the great man head on over to damienchristoff.com where you can find all of damo's wisdom myself marcuspierce.com.au uh thank you for your support as always of the podcast thank you to all of our listeners share this podcast with a listener if you think it's brought a bit of common sense to the coronavirus conversation share, share this podcast show your friends and family how to listen to podcasts we love five star ratings it allows this podcast to go all over the world and until next time as always continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.